A consistent body care routine is a really important part of my self-care. I feel so much better when my skin is looking and feeling good. It's such a small thing that has a big impact on your overall day for your well-being. A consistent body care routine doesn't just promote healthy, glowing skin. It actually boosts our mental health, too. So give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven seaweed-infused skincare that provides results you can see and confidence that you can feel. Osea's Andaria Algae Body Butter is not your typical body butter. It transforms dry, crepey skin to smooth, soft, and supple skin, and it's my absolute favorite. I use Osea's products religiously, and I have been for years. It really is the best out there. One of the best parts about the body butter is that it's non-greasy. I hate putting on body lotion and feeling slippery and sticky all day, but Osea's body butter absorbs right into your skin, leaving you feeling hydrated and ready to make the best of whatever is next on your agenda. And it's been shown to hydrate you for 72 hours after applying. Skin care is self-care, so this is a habit worth keeping all year round. With Osea, you will get clean, seaweed-infused products from a company with over 27 years of experience, making sure they are the safest for your skin and the planet. All of Osea's products are vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out with clean skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. Are you sending money abroad? Check out TransferWise, a cheaper, faster way for people and businesses to send money internationally. TransferWise is next level when it comes to sending money abroad. It's not very often that you come across a business that has a real empathetic approach. You can tell that they really care about doing the best they can for their customers. The team at TransferWise always treats you with respect and understanding. And I think the best example of this is TransferWise's price comparison tool. By simply clicking compare price on their homepage, you'll right away be able to see if TransferWise actually is the cheapest option for your transfer. If it isn't, they'll make sure to tell you what is. You can always get connected with a real life person if you need help or if you have any questions and they actually listen to customer feedback. When customers said they wish they could convert currencies all on their own, TransferWise spent a long time developing their multi-currency account. It lets you hold over 40 different currencies and convert between them whenever you like. Over 5 million people are already saving with TransferWise. You could be next. Test them out for free at transferwise.com yoga or download the app. Hi, and welcome back to the Yoga Girl podcast, conversations from the heart. I am so happy that you're here. I uh, really hope that you're having a, I hope that you're having a good day. I hope you're feeling good in your body, good in your heart, good in your soul, in your mind. If you're not, that's okay too. I was sharing the other day, (laughs) you know, we tend to say so much to each other, you know, have a really good day. If we're not having a good day, it's okay to just have a day. (laughs) It doesn't have to always be good, but I guess I hope that wherever you're at, you're able to immerse yourself in it fully and feel it. I uh, have had some really, really beautiful feedback on the past couple of episodes of this podcast. And the last few episodes that I've shared of this show have been a little bit different for me in terms of the energy that I'm speaking from, I think. I feel a little bit more vulnerable even sharing the last few episodes and opening up some pieces into my past. And it feels really good to share. But I also don't know if I'm as eloquent or kind of to the point that I feel like I can be in other episodes. So the last times I recorded, I actually left feeling like, hmm, I don't know if that was good, (laughs) which I do sometimes with a podcast. And if I leave and I feel like, oh, I don't know if that was a good podcast, sometimes I'll scrap it and I'll re-record. But oftentimes I try to tell that inner critical voice that tells me that everything I do isn't good enough. I try to tell that voice like, hey, take the back seat. Let's bring out the inner best friend, you know, so I can just appreciate that, hey, I did good. And some weeks I got to cut myself some slack in that not every single thing that I produce It has to be amazing and the best, you know, leaning on last week's podcast on this limiting belief that I have, that I have to be great at everything. So that's not the case. I can release a podcast and feel like, ah, that was okay. And still, magically, I feel like the last few weeks I've had better response than normal. I I don't know. I've, I've received more heartfelt 
response than I have in a really long time. So I just wanted to say thank you for listening from that heartfelt place as well. A lot of the information that we digest in a day, you know, we can choose how we're taking that in. So of course, if we're listening from an open-hearted place, if we're listening from the heart, we're also going to take it in in that very loving way and we're going to resonate and feel. So I just wanted to say thank you for for being here with me. I really, really, really appreciate you. And I appreciate, um, and this is something that I haven't gotten to appreciate in a while, I appreciate knowing other people are feeling similar things as me. And sometimes, especially if you're kind of in the world of social media or, you know, this podcast, I'm kind of speaking into the ether (laughs) right now. I'm just sitting in my bedroom with my microphone. You know, I'm not sitting face to face with you, looking in the eye or looking you in the eye, you know, making that human face-to-face, heart-to-heart connection where I can see how my words are landing with you and then get a response, which is, of course, the best way to have a conversation (laughs) is with someone face-to-face, heart-to-heart. And I don't have the ability to do that, so I'm here and I'm kind of speaking into, into space somehow. So for me to get the response of hearing people share that they are feeling similar things, that they are struggling with similar things, it makes me feel less alone. And you guys continue to remind me that I am not alone in my experience. I am not alone in my feelings. My experience is valid, actually, and I'm on the right path. So yeah, if you're listening to this now, you're a really big part of my healing journey. And I just... I just wanted to say thanks (laughs) for being here. You are listening to the Yoga Girl podcast, conversations from the heart. There's nothing I love more than a great success story. And the success of your business depends on the success of your employees. Finding the right one is crucial. ZipRecruiter can help you do just that so you can find success all around. A success story that I love comes from Gretchen Hebner, the co-founder of Codable, female entrepreneur and businesswoman. She needed to hire a game artist for her education tech company. She knew it wouldn't be easy to find someone to grow with her team, so she went to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you, but it finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and then invites them to apply to your job, so you get a qualified candidate fast. Gretchen, for example, posted her job on ZipRecruiter and said she was so impressed with how quickly she found qualified applicants. She also used ZipRecruiter's screening questions to filter her candidates so she could focus on the very best ones. That's how she found a new game artist in less than two weeks. With results like that, no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Check out why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive address, ZipRecruiter.com slash yoga. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Y-O-G-A. ZipRecruiter.com slash yoga. ZipRecruiter, it's the smartest way to hire. I'm feeling a little bit giddy today. I don't know if you can tell. I am sitting here right now with a huge smile on my face. I released a really big endeavor. Today was the launch, the announcement, the launch of a big project that I've been working on for a really long time that I kind of planted the seed for many years ago. So yeah, I'm going to share, maybe you know already, but today I released my very own collection of jewelry uh, called the Yoga Girl Collection, and it's 18 pieces in 18 karat gold-plated brass and sterling silver, all inspired by the moon, all inspired by my own healing journey of loving and letting go. And it's so gorgeous, you guys. It's literally, oh man. And to move through this project. So if you know me at all, you know that jewelry is a huge part of my life. I am way more of a jewelry person than I am like shoe person or fashion or clothes. You know, I wear clothes. I love clothes. But for me, it's like I spend time in front of my my jewelry corner, like every day, you know, taking a moment to really feel like, hmm, what am I feeling like today. I don't do that same thing in front of my closet. <laughs> I'll just throw throw on whatever's there, but then I really take a moment every day. So I have really specific taste in jewelry and I find for me, I love, love, love having a piece of jewelry that means something to me, that really means something to me. And it's not so much about, you know, it's less about what it looks like and more about the intention that I have infused into that piece. So I wanted to create a line, of course, of really, really beautiful jewelry, but that 
each person can have a moment to sit and set an intention with so that every time we wear this piece of jewelry, we are furthering that dream or we're setting, putting ourselves in the same vibration of the thing that we want to create. Whether it's, you know, I made mala beads made by cherry quartz, which is this very, very heart healing type of crystal. And for me, for me, cherry quartz, I have this long story about why I chose that crystal for my, my, for the malas, but so that you can infuse your own intention. And for me, every time I wear it, I am reminded of how far I've already come on this journey of all the healing that I've already done. And also knowing that the crystal itself is this very purifying, clearing crystal. So it absorbs any negative energy. So if I'm around a lot of people or I'm feeling heavy, I'll wear the mala. And I can really feel the intention that I put into wearing that piece. It changes my vibration. And of course, this goes with everything, all the material things we surround ourselves with. But I find that jewelry is special because we can really make it heartfelt and then we can be reminded of, you know, whatever it is that we're looking to remind ourselves of every day. So there's a lot of love in this collection. So if I put everything else aside, the fact that, yeah, this is a jewelry collection, I'm also selling something, you know, it's a line of products that I have designed and created and I'm selling it on my website, all this stuff. There's a whole kind of, you know, business side to this that I would love to, to tap into as well, because it's been a very enlightening journey for me to, to move further into this space for the first time. But all of that aside, I have literally had a Pinterest board. Uh, I don't know if you guys are super, if you're into Pinterest or not. I have never been a massive Pinterest person, but what I do, I don't use it to engage with other people or to like, you know, spread or, or something. I don't, I don't, I don't even think I have a public account. I, I don't know, but I use it for inspiration or whenever I'm starting a creative project. And I have a Pinterest board literally called the Yoga Girl Jewelry Collection that has been a work in progress for like four or five years for a really, really, really long time. And I have, I've had this dream to, that I wanted to make jewelry just because one, it's, it's the thing that makes me me. You know, I think a lot of people can recognize that there are specific types of jewelry that I would like to bring into the world that I could really infuse my personality into, I think. I think it would be so much fun to do it. And I would love to share my own ideas about design and intention with the world. So I've had this Pinterest board and in the board there's like paintings that I love and there's like amazing photography and of course a lot of moon related things like beautiful photography of the moon and and then I have my own pieces of jewelry that I have at home. Some of them that I've had, you know, my whole life. I have this little, actually I don't even have a jewelry corner, I have a jewelry closet. <laughs> um, I've shared it on Instagram once or twice. I don't share it too often because I feel like people think I'm crazy, but it's like a floor to ceiling closet where I keep my jewelry. And it's not like we're talking like solid gold, diamond, you know, expensive stuff. Like I, I, I wouldn't need a safe <laughs> for this kind of jewelry. It's not that it's expensive or has this high material value. It's that I have so many beautiful pieces of jewelry that have such emotional value for me that I was either gifted during a really hard time in my life or that I somehow, you know, picked up when I was traveling and it was at this time in my life where I was enjoying something specific or it reminds me of a friend or it's something that I share with Dennis or, or it symbolizes something that I've moved through. And for me, it's just this, it's like a very, very sacred corner of, of my house and creating this line and sending it out into the world feels like a, a full circle of of a lot of things. One of them being that for a really long time, I was so terrified to do anything commercial. And which is strange because a lot of things I do are, are commercial. You know, I, I have a business, I've, you know, even if I'm just, you know, quote unquote, teaching a yoga class, I charge money for that yoga class. It's how I make a living, right? So in a sense, a lot of the things that I do that I've already done for a really long time, of course, it's a business, but I have been really scared in a sense, to do something that feels commercial, like putting a product out into the world. And, and I don't, it took me a while to figure out why, <laughs> why in a sense. So for, for a really long time, I felt really comfortable sharing my, my yoga practice. I felt really comfortable sharing my teachings under the umbrella of yoga, but I didn't get there on my own. I didn't get there easily. It wasn't like I, you know, taught my first yoga class and went, hey, I'm great at this. Let me be a yoga teacher and feel super clear and great about that. I went through this whole long process of 
at first in the beginning feeling like I shouldn't charge for my classes, right? Yoga for me was this very, very sacred thing. It was a personal thing, my personal practice, my personal passion. And I just in the beginning felt, man, if anyone wants to listen to what I have to say, you know, if I can share a little bit of this healing with anyone, with the world in a little way, you know, that's so sacred. Like I can't charge for that, which if I guess in the way I was doing it then, you know, I was kind of, I didn't have a career of any sort. I didn't have a plan for a career of any sort. I didn't care about, you know, I didn't have the need to to focus on making a really good living. I, I was really content having nothing. I was living in Costa Rica at the time when I taught my first year at classes. I was in Costa Rica and super poor, totally broke, didn't have anything, no savings account, no, you know, nothing. And that was fine, right? That was fine for a while. Like that was just really fine. And I thought it was a really fun thing to share the practice of yoga with friends or with family or this other company that I I worked for a little while. Like that was no problem. And then I moved to Aruba. And for the first time in my life, I had to kind of decide, oh man, I have a whole blank page. Like I met this love of my life. Like this guy I know I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. I'm on a new, new island, new place, new country, don't know anyone. And I suddenly had a had a way bigger need to make a living because Aruba is way more expensive than I had a totally different living situation than I had living in a shack with my best friend in Costa Rica. So to to get by, you know, here I knew I would have to make a living and not rely on this guy I just met, obviously. So I was waitressing, I was bartending, I was doing these things that I had always done since I was a teenager waitress and bartend basically. So starting work late in the afternoon, working all night, working, you know, serving people alcohol, not necessarily a high vibrational environment to be in. At least that's how I really felt at the time. But I did that because that's what I knew how to do. And I had a couple of weeks doing that on the island here. Dennis was working, I think nine, he started at nine, uh, maybe 8.30, yeah, like 8.30 or nine in the morning until six or five in, in the afternoon. And I would start work at five. So yeah, he would close the surf shop he worked at at six and I started working at this restaurant. I would start at five. So we didn't see each other for the first couple of weeks that, that, you know, I had moved to Aruba to be with him and we didn't see each other. And after a few weeks, just realizing like, Hey, this is totally unsustainable. If I moved here to be with him, you know, I should be able to be with him. So I realized, okay, I need a day job. I need a job, right. That I can, that has normal working hours, so I, maybe I should branch out from doing these things that I've always done, which was, you know, waitress and bartend. And I had a moment where I, or I had a morning where I went to the beach and I sat down and I really, really, really sat down in meditation and I asked the question out loud, what do I want to do with my life? What do I want to do? What do I want my, my future to entail? If I, if I want to build a life here, what do I want that to look like? And I I realized I don't want to, I don't want to work in that kind of environment. It's not a, a, it wasn't for me at the time, an uplifting or a healing environment. And the answer that came was really strong, really powerful yoga. Like I want to teach yoga. And it was something that I already done a little bit of. I knew I was, it came quite easy to me. I had this feeling like maybe there's something here. Maybe I'm good at this. I don't know. But when I started teaching here in Aruba was the first time I'd ever, you know, charged anyone for a yoga class. And the first time I did that, I felt like a total fraud. I felt like a, oh, like I, I total, total fraud. Like really, I felt guilty charging people to come and take my classes. I think I, I had this feeling, I was trying to think of how long did this last, this feeling that I had that I should teach yoga for free. I don't know, maybe half a year like it wasn't for years and years or anything like that, but like a few months, like a, a while. And I would even be so uncomfortable accepting money from people for the class that if there ever was someone who, I don't know, I would kind of go out of my way to try to explain, like, you don't actually really have to pay me, you know? But I had to kind of put this price down because I knew at the end of the day, I knew, hey, if I'm going to pursue this this as a thing, if I'm going to pursue this as a line of work, right? Taking yoga teacher trainings, which are thousands of dollars and investing time and energy and money into education and into growing in this area, right? Like that's investment from my part. I logically understood that, yeah, there needs to be a return of that. You know, I'm putting out energy. There needs to be a return of that energy. So I think at the time I was charging 10 florin a class, which is, I guess, $6 a class. 
you know, teaching on the beach and I was teaching in, at this hotel and, and I was charging six, six, five or six dollars a class, which is nothing. I mean, I look at it now, like go to any studio in any major city and you're going to pay like 20, 25, 30 bucks. So I, I, I char- charging five or six dollars then. And I would go out of my way when someone went to pay me to be like, it's okay. Like, did you like it? You know, did, did it like if it didn't change your life, you wouldn't have to pay for the class. <laughs> and what I was doing, you know, and, and, and I think this is this is common when we're a new teacher, which also makes sense. You know, if you haven't invested enough time, money, education in the thing that you're putting out into the world, maybe you're feeling like a fraud for a reason, right? Maybe it just means that, hey, before I before I start charging for this or before I really make this into a thing, I need to invest more time in my own education to make sure that the thing I'm putting out into the world is legit, right? That's a little piece of it. But, you know, six months into my teaching, I, I had, you know, paid a lot of money for this yoga teacher training that I had done and invested literally all of my time and not just every day into learning and studying and taking workshops and all this stuff. But everything that we've learned in our lifetime, that's the thing about teaching yoga. It's such an emotional thing. And we apply the life skills that we have absorbed throughout everything we've done. And all the output of energy that we that we put into something, we deserve to get back, of course, of course. But I had it enforced by so many people and also by, by a teacher that I had at the time that, you know, we should be so careful, which of course is true because yoga is a very internal practice. Yoga is a practice of looking within. So how can we ever equate that or connect that to business somehow? So... What I say now, you know, when I'm, when I'm with my yoga teacher trainees, for instance, in, this, in the yoga teacher trainings that I teach, and it's really true, unless you are, you know, planning to, to do this as a thing that, that you want to keep within your family, maybe. Maybe you want to like once a week teach yoga class to your best friends or, you know, at family gatherings, teach a little yoga class for, for your mom or your siblings or keeping this a very, 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 very personal thing. And you're not planning to invest your own time, money, energy into creating something here. Then maybe you feel okay teaching yoga for free. Teaching yoga for free can be a really beautiful thing to do out of the kindness of our hearts uh, as, a, as a means of service. You know, there's beautiful areas and places and communities that are underserved that need yoga taught for free. So that's something we can do. But if you're looking to become or be a yoga teacher or a teacher in this field, right? And if you're planning to invest time and money into your growth, into that area, and you want other people to take you seriously, you deserve a return of that investment. Of course, you know, financially, yes, but also energetically, the energy you put out, you deserve to get in return. So this idea that we're supposed to, because it's yoga, because it's a spiritual thing, we're supposed to do it for free, it's total bullshit. And when we lead with that kind of energy, we're also kind of telling our students and the world, like, I don't know if I can stand behind my stuff, right? We're kind of sending the energy out, like, I don't know if this is good. I don't really stand behind my, myself. I don't really stand up for myself. I'm, I'm not confident in myself as a teacher. So you don't have to pay. Yeah, unless it's a service-based, you know, conscious decision that you've made. You are listening to The Yoga Girl Podcast, conversations from the heart. I am currently immersed in leading a yoga teacher training and keeping on top of my health during these really busy days is crucial so that I can show up as my best self. I have so many rituals that I keep over this month-long training and one important one is taking my multivitamin every morning. Have you heard of the vitamin called Ritual? Rituals Essentials is the obsessively researched vitamin for women. And the part I love the best is that all the nutrients are in their cleanest, most absorbable forms. There are no shady additives or ingredients at all. Just take two easy to swallow capsules and you'll be provided with the nine nutrients needed to support a strong foundation for your health. Ritual is traceable and transparent in more ways than one. The super cool oil in beadlet design is completely see-through. And for obsessive label readers like myself, all of Ritual's vegan-friendly, sugar-free, non-GMO, gluten-free, and allergen-free ingredients and their sources are 100% out there for the whole world to see on their website. I actually had a lot of fun looking up everything that was in the multivitamin that I took every morning. If you want to try it out, Ritual is subscription-based. For $1 a day, Ritual is delivered right to your door, no strings attached. Keep on top of your health and start a new ritual today. 
Better health doesn't happen overnight. And right now, Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off during your first three months. Fill in the gaps in your diet with Essential for Women, a small step that helps support a healthy foundation for your body. Visit ritual.com slash yoga girl to start your ritual today. That's 10% off during your first three months at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Bread is life. In fact, my entire family absolutely loves bread. But I like to make sure that what we're eating counts. And if you're like me, you're going to love Hero Bread. Hero Bread makes those same delicious bready favorites free of consequences or compromises. They have remade carby, empty calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar and protein and fiber. Think of that soft, fluffy experience that you love when you're enjoying a refreshing BLT, savory breakfast burrito, or mouth-watering cheeseburger. But now it's made to really nourish you deeply. Hero Bread has something for every favorite, including sliced bread loaves, buns, and tortillas. My team tried Hero Bread and said it was the most fulfilling thing ever, but it also felt lighter and healthier. So switch to Hero Bread now and you won't be disappointed. They even have a monthly small batch drops of indulgent favorites like the 2-gram net carb herb croissant or the 1-gram net carb herb cheddar biscuit. Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code yogagirl at checkout. That's yogagirl at h-e-r-o dot c-o. So of course, this is a super challenging thing to navigate and it is for a reason and it should be. But I can confidently sit here today and call total bullshit on the idea that just because it's yoga, you don't deserve to get paid. It's not true. And I think a lot of people in the yoga industry and a lot of big companies and brands have taken advantage of this idea, right? And I can, I can share, I've shared on the podcast before, but examples of where I have totally failed in this area now, you know, because now we do have a big business, we do have a big brand, all of these things. I have become one of those players in this industry in, in, a, in a sense. And for instance, right before we opened Island Yoga, we had such a massive need for help, like really. And I was putting out through social media, a lot of little questions for people who would, you know, like, do you want to come on the team and help us with administrational things? And we were hiring and looking for people to work in these remote positions. And we had a huge influx of people write in and ask if we would ever offer an internship. Like, can they come and, and, you know, help us with something in the business for free in exchange for growth or learning or come to the studio when we open the studio and, and, you know, work at the studio uh, in some sort of karma exchange where, you know, you work for free and then you get yoga or you get a flight paid, you get a place to stay, things like that. And it seemed like it made sense. I remember at the time, like, hey, we have like literally a thousand people have written saying they have amazing qualities and they're super capable. They want to come here and and work because they want to be in this community. They want to learn and grow with us. And maybe this can lead to a paid position down the line. Like internships are common. They exist in in, in every field. So we thought, okay, let's give this a try. Immediately we failed. (laughs) And I'm sharing this very humbly. Immediately we failed. And why did we fail? First of all, anytime we ask anyone to to enter kind of a muddied or a, an unclear area of energetic and financial exchange, it's really, really, really hard. Really, really, really hard. Because how it's easy when you have a salary, you're paid to do something. And here's the job that you're being paid to do. You do your job, you get paid. That's how it works. It's very clear, very easy. When you have that kind of like, you know, a karma exchange program or something like that. It's really unclear exactly how much work am I supposed to do, right, in my day for this to be worthwhile, for this to be an equal and even exchange for me to have this flight paid or maybe this place to stay paid or three meals a day paid or yoga twice a day, you know, whatever it is that we're getting in return. So right away, we realized like this was just became really, really, really hard. Number one. Number two, it got so hard. It was so hard to train people. And we did these kind of, we tried to do like a three month program where people would come for two or three months. And then every time we would have to start from scratch and train a total stranger and invite them to the team. And it took so long for that to become worthwhile for us as a business. And then it was already time for them to leave. And it was just too challenging. And I, and I honestly think now, looking back, I wish we hadn't gone down that route. I would much rather today, anytime anyone offers me anything for free, like, hey, I would, let me give an example. Oh, I'm, I'm getting a consultation next week on something relating to the baby from a, a like a professional 
in, I don't even know the, <laughs> what her title is, but she's a, she's like a coach, like a parenting coach. It's like a little something that I want a little help with when it comes to the baby. Um, I can share more about that later, but just small. And she reached out. She's like, Hey, I would love to offer this to you for free. Normally I charge so-and-so hundreds of dollars, but you know, I follow you on Instagram. So if you just want to like share that, that you had this consult with me, like a little marketing. And then I'm immediately, no, it's okay. You know, I'm super happy to pay full price and be a regular person because it's messy. It's really, really messy. And for me, I would rather pay something full price and feel that I had an even exchange of whatever was, was provided than feel that weird feeling of like, you know, what if I didn't like that consultation and then I still have to market it somehow? And is that honest and genuine to do? you know, and, 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 and kind of having that obligation. And what if I don't like it? And then maybe I have a bad vibration with that person, you know, like, let's just money is there for a reason, right? We have salaries and we get paid. We use money as an exchange for goods and services for a reason. And I think even though there are certain areas and extents where we can use, you know, yoga is one of those things we can use for trades for other services. Sure. It still makes things complicated. And I'm in this place where the less complicated I can keep my life, the better. So that karma program for us didn't work out. We ended up cutting it. We had two rounds of, of interns, I think, and then we cut it and we'll never try that again. And now having a dedicated team on salary that we pay a reasonable salary every single month, knowing exactly what to expect from them. And they know what to expect from us at the end of the month, right? It's so clear. Everything is, the communication is clear. The energy is clear. Everything is easy. And I'd rather keep it that way. But of course, you see those kinds of programs all the time. I'm sharing this story because I don't want to make it sound like I am above or beyond, you know, the idea of, of, of many of the problems that we have in the yoga community because we do, and I've, I'm a part of that sometimes too. But we learned lesson and we won't do that again. But there's this idea that, you know, we should do stuff for free all the time. <laughs> I know there's a, there's a huge class action lawsuit right now against one of the major yoga studio chains in the United States where 1,400 yoga teachers have band together for a big lawsuit against one of these major chains because they have been working for less than minimum wage. And I honestly can't really think of any other industry, especially an industry like yoga, that's actually really expensive in most places to take yoga classes. It's, it's not one of those things, you know, that yoga is offered in all the areas that need it the most. You know, we tend to find more yoga studios in the more affluent or more wealthy areas of a city, for instance. There's less yoga in the areas and communities that actually need it. And it's for that reason. Yoga has been portrayed as this, as this thing that's for a specific type of the population, which it isn't, right? And I think the more we push that idea that that somehow we should pay a ton of money to do yoga, but we should also teach it for free, <laughs> how is that? How is that a sustainable model for any area of business? It just isn't. So, I uh, just as a little side tip, if you are involved, you know, sometimes these kind of karma programs work. Maybe you have examples of that where it's been, you know, served you super well, but I try to stay away from that. And that idea of, I share this with my yoga teacher trainees, that idea that we should do things for free. If we want to really dedicate our time and we want to put a really solid intention into teaching, we deserve to have a return of that investment. And so do you. And it's a very energetic, it's a very energetic thing. So for me, when I got over that, it was around the same time that my teaching got really, really good. It was part of me feeling secure in my teaching, part of me feeling confident that I could trust that I knew what I was doing, that I wasn't winging it, that I wasn't this kind of you know amateur, that I was lesser than, that also my confidence rose in line with how much more I prepared and how much I learned and how much I continue to study and train and educate myself. And I got to this place where suddenly I felt like, actually, you know, this is my line of work now. And it's not just I'm teaching family and friends, but I'm doing this for a living. I have bills to pay just like anybody else. So why? Because it's yoga and it's sacred and it's spiritual. You know, should I be doing this for free? What about there's so many areas of life where we're providing something beautiful to a community and very, very few areas do we expect that to ever happen for free if it's, if it's what we do for a living. So moving away from that for me was a really big part of me growing as a person and in letting myself stand up a little bit taller and letting myself really ground into, yeah, I know my shit. 
And it's part of, if we feel like we are not worthy of a lot, if we feel like we're not worthy of being seen or we're not worthy of, of abundance, we're not worthy of being supported, of being held. If we have this big, big, big wound, maybe in our childhood, in our hearts, somewhere in our past, where we feel like we're not worthy or we're not enough, then it's going to be really hard for us to stand up and actually say, hey, this is what I'm worth. You know, hey, if you're coming to this class, you got to pay me. And I kind of, I like that this was something that I got to grow into because I can now see the two sides of this as well. Now I'm on the side of, hey, anything that you invest energy into that you're putting out there, of course, you need to have a return of that. And then you're the one who decides exactly what that is. Um, A question people ask a lot, especially in these teacher trainings, you know, how much should I charge for my yoga class? I have no idea. I wish I could tell you that there was this magical formula. It's so different in every community, every country, every city. And of course, it's different in terms of what we feel is a good, beautiful, balanced place for us to be. Yeah, depending on what we're putting out into the world. So very hard question to answer. But putting this in context to the other things that I'm now doing. So teaching yoga, getting comfortable, charging for that, feeling okay, and then realizing, hey, to to pay my bills at the end of a month, you know, for this to actually be a, a viable thing and to not have to wait tables and bartend on the side of, of teaching yoga, I got to haul ass. I got to teach and I got to teach and I got I to teach so many classes because if I'm charging five bucks a class or five bucks a person coming to my class, that's, that's going to take me a really long time for that to equate to what I'm paying for rent, you know. So as I started feeling more confident, I could also raise my prices, get to a place and a level of, of what I was expecting for my output, what I was expecting back that felt good for me, that also was really you know good for the community that people were showing up and practicing every day or every week. And with that, you know, as, as my own brand and business started to grow in a sense, I have come across opportunities in my life in in so many different ways, where some of them I have had this immediate gut reaction of saying, no, this is not right. This is not for me. And some areas where I immediately feel, yes, this feels good. This feels authentic. This feels like a direction I can bring my business and my brand down this road because it, it makes sense for me. And what does and does not make sense has, of course, shifted a lot as I've grown older. But one of those areas where I felt for a really long time I could really continue doing that I felt was super real and genuine and authentic was teaching. So that's been the bulk of what I've done. The bulk of my of my own business or my own career, if I say if I say it in that way, is, is I teach yoga. That's that's my main thing. So I'm teaching classes, teaching workshops, teaching retreats, teaching teacher trainings. Um, eventually, you know, we opened a studio which really was a, just a place to hold the things I was already doing. It wasn't like a new, totally different venture. It was basically, we have the community here. I was sick of traveling. So, hey, let's put up some walls and, and cradle our community so that I can do all these things in one place and have it be super beautiful and super sacred. That's why we opened Island Yoga. So that was also one of those, that was one of those decisions that was like a hell yes, this feels so good, so aligned, so authentic. And then along with that came the first sort of thing that I ever really did in terms of something that is that feels at least to me more commercial, which is attached to this studio, we have a boutique, we have a shop. <laughs> so me, you know, selling jewelry now or creating a jewelry line, it's not like, hey, for the first time ever in my life now I'm selling something. You know, I've been selling something for 10 years, or 12 years. I've been selling my classes, myself as a teacher, retreats, trainings, groups, these kinds of experiences and trips that I've been doing for so long. And then we've had in, at, at the studio a boutique now for two and a half, almost three. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's going to be three years in like two months. We have to have a birthday celebration, our little island yoga baby. So the boutique has been this really awesome learning learning space for me. It was this area of our business that Dennis knew really well because he's been in retail. He had a, you know, managed a surf shop and then had a skate shop and he's really good at this stuff. So in the boutique, you know, we sell books and we sell like tea mugs and we sell jewelry and we sell clothes and yoga mats and yoga props and things like that. Things that you would expect probably in a, in a yoga studio boutique. And any time that I've come across an opportunity of creating a product of some sort um, prior to this year, so all the years leading up to now, I have had either a really beautiful, and I'm really thankful for that, a strong gut reaction and sense of like, ooh, I don't know if this is good. 
and then ended up saying no or not doing it. Or, and this has happened a couple of times, I have been excited about something and felt like, ooh, this is stirring, this is like giving me butterflies. Like I feel excited about, about this project, but then managed to talk myself out of it, saying that that's not my place. And there's, this is a very different energy in these two things. So let me, I want to pull up like a tangible example. Okay, without naming any brands, let's look at clothing, for instance. So because of the social media presence that I have, which is a, of course, a, a big blessing in so many ways when it comes to business, I have had uh, more brands and companies than I can count on all of my fingers and toes reach out to ask if I would want to be a, a face for, for their clothing brand or create a clothing line with them or promote this or market that. And anytime one of those opportunities came up, there was always, always this kind of gut reaction of like, uh-uh, nope, not for me, not for me. And I could sense right away how how challenging it it is. And I've done this in some points, like, you know, this podcast is an example of, you know, I have ads on this show, so I'm promoting something in between. And on this show, you guys are really aware. But when it comes to putting your faith in another person's thing, especially a person that you don't know. So when it comes to like a clothing brand or a clothing line, even if that clothing brand has a really good reputation, maybe I like their things. I don't know them, right? Like I don't, I don't know who they are. I don't know who drives them. I don't know, you know, what their financial history is, if they're doing things, you know, an honest way or if they're not. I don't know the founder of that company, what kind of person they are, what they're sending out into the world and what energy is present in that company. So for me to say, hey, take my whole community, all the people that I cherish so much that make up this whole community here, and I'm going to sell them the thing that you made that I don't really know how it was made in terms of in terms of energy and intent. It just didn't make sense, right? And if you really think about this, it generally doesn't. So, so whenever it came down to one of those big decisions of, you know, creating a clothing line or putting a big product out into the world somehow, I always ended up saying no, um, which I think is for super good reason. And I'm really, really, really happy that I always have and that you didn't have a, a Nike ad with me or any of the, any of the many, many yoga brands that exist because it just wasn't for me. And some people feel super great about that and this feels authentic to me and I stand behind this and that's totally cool. I'm not saying no one should ever do this. I'm just saying for me personally, it wasn't the right choice. And then there's been a couple of instances and I can give a really specific example where I have wanted to create something because I've had a really fun idea. Oh, I don't know if I should say this idea because what if... What if I end up wanting to do it anyway? Okay, I'll share like a little bit of it, but where I've had an idea for something. So say like a product or something that I'm using already and I, I find an inventive way to upgrade that or to create a better version of what already exists or where I've had a creative idea of some sort. The jewelry line is a really good example of that. Um, I wanted to make mala beads for a really long time. And then I wanted to make jewelry for a really long time. And I had this idea for a ring that I wanted to make, which already, which now exists, which is amazing. And I would kind of go down this line of like, hey, okay, like for me to make one of the things that I almost, like you guys almost, you would almost have this in your house right now, is a line of candles. And this is like, I can like smile sharing this now, but I am a, I'm a huge candle person. Like I bring candles everywhere I travel. I love to use essential oils. I love to find like really great organic like sustainably sourced, awesome scented candles made with, uh, made in a holistic way. And I had this very specific idea for a specific type of thing you could do with a candle that I'm not going to give it all away right now. And then I reached out to all the contacts and connections that I had and found this, this company, this big kind of um, producer, I guess, that, that, that produces organic and sustainably made candles. And I worked with them for, I don't know how long, couple of months, not like years and years, but a couple of months of dedication to say, hey, here's who I am. Here's what I want to do. And then, you know, to create your own line of any kind of product, you have to put up a big chunk of money because you have to pay to produce whatever you're producing. So of course it's a big risk and designed them, created them, went down the whole line of doing all of this stuff. Right. And then it was really good. Like it was really, really, really good. I can look at it now. And I'm, for a long time afterwards, I was kind of bummed that I didn't follow through. But at the end of it, 
I talked myself out of completing the project, launching it into the world and actually doing it because I told myself that's too commercial. I can't sell something that I made. And where that feeling comes from, it's similar to, to, to how I felt when I first started teaching yoga. I can't charge for my yoga classes because I'm not good enough for that. Or, you know, yoga is too sacred. You shouldn't charge for it. I had this idea in my head that actually didn't really reflect a reality in, in a really good sense. And I had that, I had this idea that if I do something where I ask people to pay for something or where I create something and I put it out into the world, that's really commercial and commercial is bad. Commercial is inauthentic. Commercial is not real. Commercial does not resonate with my brand. Commercial is bad, bad, bad. So I ended up talking myself out of this really epic and fun idea that now I feel, I feel like excited. Maybe I should pick it up again. And I've done this a bunch of times with a bunch of things. Finally, this was a year ago, more than a year ago. How, when, when did this happen? I'm trying to find out. Oh, of course, when I, I had the baby, I had the baby and had a massive, massive, massive realization in terms of how held back I have been my whole life in certain areas that would force and require me to stand up and really shine, to actually put myself on the line in a certain way and risk losing something. So this totally relates to my last podcast, this idea that I have, that I, I need to know it's a sure success or I'm too scared to move forward. I've had that limiting belief clouding my view in so many ways. And this idea of I have to be a certain way where people won't like me. So there's been this fear that if I do something, you know, if, if, I, if I put a product out into the world that people won't, won't like me anymore, like people won't, won't, won't enjoy or appreciate the rest of the things that I do. And it took, it took becoming a mom. It took realizing what I want to do in terms of my business, what I want to do as an entrepreneur on a large long-term scale, which is a way of thinking I haven't been using my whole life. I've been very much in the moment here now making decisions from that. And it took having a baby, being overwhelmed by that, realizing like, Hey, I have a family. <laughs> this is my whole life what do I want to do with my whole life? And how can I structure that in a way that really makes sense for what I want to put out into the world? So since I had the baby, I've put so much work and focus on structuring my business, getting really clear with what is it that I'm putting out? What is it that we do? What, it, what, what, what is this thing that I have? You know, it's not just this Instagram account. It's not just this podcast over here. It's not just this thing because I've been very scattered and floating in all these different areas, but getting super structured in terms of how our companies are structured, in terms of our budgeting, in terms of the people that we have on the team, in terms of our direction and choices that we're making. And it's been a very releasing process because it's forced me to step into this role of like, hey, it's okay to make money. <laughs> hey, it's okay to market yourself. Hey, it's okay to create something and then shout that thing that you created from the rooftops. It's okay. Like you can write a book and then market that book. You're allowed to do that. You're allowed to be creative and put something out into the world. It's okay to make money. It's okay to want to have abundance in your life. And who are we to play small in all of these areas? And I don't know if women do this more than men, but I see these patterns in, in a lot of my girlfriend's stories as well, where we shy away from standing in this role of being really powerful. And we shy away from wanting to put on the hat of, hey, I'm the CEO of this business. I wanna have an abundant business. I wanna have an abundant life. I want our business to do really well. And to kind of have that attitude that I feel like boys or men are raced with, that attitude of you're supposed to thrive, you're supposed to succeed, you're supposed to do well in this area. So go fight for it. And I think with us, or at least that's what I'm seeing with and myself, maybe it resonates to, to a lot of you, I don't know, that, that we're taught that it's shameful to go and to be a go-getter. It's shameful to be fierce. Like it's shameful to, to take up a lot of space and tap into some of those qualities that we've deemed are masculine, right? Especially in the business world. And I have been playing smaller when it comes to business, when it comes to my career, when it comes to my company, I've been playing smaller than I am out of fear of disturbing other people or out of fear of getting negative feedback or out of fear of, out of fear of, I don't know if it's like this deep rooted fear, out of fear of not being accepted. I don't know. And here's the thing, like there's amazing companies and brands out there that put up, put out crazy cool products and ideas and innovations all the time that I am so happy to support. 
Like I'm buying all of my jewelry somewhere. I'm buying my clothes somewhere. I'm getting products left and right that I feel are purposeful to my life. Like, you know, unless you're living on a mountain in the Himalayas somewhere meditating all day, you are taking part in this society that, you know, where we consume things when we need them. Now, do we have to overconsume and, you know, go to H&M or Target every single day and buy new stuff that we throw out, throw out two weeks later? No, you know, but we can be mindful consumers and I really try to be. So when I come across something that re that I really love, especially when it comes to jewelry or, you know, I bought a pair of jeans the other day. I haven't bought jeans since, <laughs> since I bought pregnancy jeans, something that like, mm, you know, this is this, I love it. I love it. This is going to make me feel beautiful or, Hey, I'm going to infuse intention into this and wear it. And, you know, I'm beautifying my home or my space. It's part of our culture. So if I can support all of those other companies with my money, with my time, promoting them, if I like it, all this stuff. Why am I not promoting and marketing and standing behind myself when I have a really good idea? What's, what's the disconnect there? So I had that big realization of, man, you know, if, and, and, the, and the practice that I had to sit with was if I was totally fearless and if I didn't give a shit <laughs> about what any negative kind of response might be or what people who, who don't enjoy what I'm doing, what they're going to say, or people who think I should stay in this box of what they perceive me to be, right? If I would just do the things I really want to do, because it would be so much fun, because I would enjoy it, because it's a great idea. What would I do? The first answer that came was, I would, I would create my own line of jewelry immediately. Like that's the dream that I've had for five years. What's been holding me back? Like that's, that's crazy. I have the, the, the opportunities to do it, which is a massive, massive blessing. So why not? You are listening to the Yoga Girl Podcast. Conversations from the heart. Winter is coming. To you, maybe that's bad news, but I know something that can cheer you up. The 2019 FabFitFun Winter Box is now on pre-sale. FabFitFun is a women's lifestyle subscription box filled with premium beauty, lifestyle, fitness, home, and tech products sent straight to your doorstep. They take the hassle out of shopping by doing it for you. FabFitFun is delivered four times a year. It's like having your birthday, but every single season, especially since it's customizable for your own style. FabFitFun lets you pick and choose certain items. With every box you get, you'll discover new products, including rave review must-haves that you will absolutely love. And everything is full size. There's never sample sizes of anything. Try it out. It's only $49.99 a box and every box is guaranteed to be worth over $200 in retail value. Many products individual value is worth more than the entire box. My favorite part is many products are from female founded companies. So you're supporting women all around you. No matter where you live, this box will have you prepped with all the necessities for winter. So you can focus on the beautiful sights and the new memories instead. Sign up today. I just ordered mine and I can't wait for it to get here. It's like Christmas came early. FabFitFun is a seasonal subscription box with full-size beauty, fitness, fashion, and lifestyle products. It retails for $49.99, but always has a value over $200. Use the coupon code Rachel for $10 off of your first box at fabfitfun.com. That's fabfitfun.com and the coupon code Rachel for $10 off of your first box. Today was the day where all of that work, of course, five years of intentions and going through this roller coaster of feeling almost like I felt I wasn't worthy to give that a try, right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And and this thing, and of course, I've had some some really interesting feedback today. So 95%, I'm not going to say 99, I'm going to say 95% of the feedback so far on this line that I created has been mega positive. We've had pieces that already sold out, which is totally crazy. It's been so positive. You guys love it as much as I thought you would because it's a beautiful line, right? And then there's like the 5% or a couple of people who have been going out of their way to share with me that they don't agree. And I wanted to read one of those comments because it's one of those things that I was, I guess, one of those types of comments that I was afraid that I was going to get. But instead of just letting that fear be there and then going for what I wanted to do anyway, I let the fear of those kinds of comments keep me from taking action. So I actually listened more to the, to the people that I thought wouldn't enjoy what I do than I did listening to the people who are cheering me on. 
And that's the mindset I really think that keeps us stuck when it comes to, to our business. It keeps us stuck when it comes to manifesting and moving toward the dreams that we have in life is this fear that we have that, you know, what if, what if people hate what I did? What if I don't get, what if I, I, wrote, I wrote this book and then I get the worst review ever? You know, the fear of getting a bad review could have kept me from writing and releasing that book. Well, thank fucking God that I did it anyway, right? Thank God. It's, it's the massive milestone for me. So same thing with this jewelry line, the fear of some people maybe not enjoying it. Some people thinking it's commercial, it's I'm selling something, it's bad, right? Kept me from doing this thing that I really wanted to do. So I'm going to read this comment, not because I, because I want any drama stirred or anything, but because I want to share how I feel and what my response is. Okay, here's the comment. I have always loved, supported, and believed in you and your entrepreneurial spirit throughout the years. However, over the past few months, the excessive business ventures and money-making schemes take away the genuineness of your message to me. I hate to say this and truly do not have the intention of sending any negative vibes, but I feel like I should say what is bothering me, and you taught me that. I hope this brings you a different perspective and that you start bringing back the authenticity of Yoga Girl and what made me believe so much in you in the first place. So I'm sorry, I didn't mean to laugh, but I just, I didn't read this in this way, my money-making schemes. So my response to this, first of all, reading this, because this was my fear, right? My actual genuine fear is that if I make what I'm doing, this heartfelt thing that I'm doing, if I make it into more of a business, or if I show the world that it is a business, it it already has been, right? (laughs) It always has been. I have never taught all my yoga classes for free. I've never, you know, given all this stuff away. It's always been my way of putting food on my table, right? It was always a business. So whether it looks more business like yes or no, but just reading this, the the money-making schemes and the excessive business ventures. So this kind of comment was the comment that I was scared that I would get that could have kept me from from designing this jewelry line, for instance. And being able to read it now and feel really okay and feel really good, I think really means that I that I have moved forward in terms of how I view myself and that big insecurity, that sense of worthiness, you know, that has kept me from doing things in the past. So first of all, I want to, you know, to the girl who wrote this, I, I'm, I appreciate your heart. I appreciate the, the feedback, but I don't need it. Is that an okay thing to say? Like, I appreciate the feedback, but you don't have to direct those kinds of things my way. And for me, this is not like an accidental thing, right? That I accidentally, uh, over the past year, because since November of last year, a lot of things have happened under the umbrella of Yoga Girl. It's not an accident that we have a brand new online platform with yoga classes online and meditation classes online and this amazing community-centered platform platform where you can share your feelings and ask for help and support the way you could through social media, but without social media. We have these amazing guides on there. You can practice yoga from wherever you are in the world. That didn't happen by accident. That platform took two years to build. It wasn't like I stumbled across this thing and now it's there. Like that has been a very, very intentful thing where I decided to to take the platform we already had and elevate it to the next level and put a ton of ton of time and energy and money into creating that so that I have something really beautiful, a beautiful subscription platform to offer to the world that for me represents the heart of what the yoga girl style of practice is. That didn't happen by accident. The yoga studio that I have also didn't stumble across that by accident, right? So that took also years to manifest, took a massive loan I had to take, took, man, almost took my sanity, (laughs) that studio, building that studio. So everything I do, including anything that you see me sharing through social media or a project like this, it's very intentful. I put a lot of thought, a lot of care behind the decisions that I make. And I am many things, but I am not a careless person. So I know And I I appreciate this, but I know that deciding to put a product or jewelry out into the world might send, might give me negative feedback in, in in the sense of someone feeling like, hey, this is really commercial to me. I don't like it. I don't want, I don't want to be sold anything. And that's totally, totally, totally okay. I fully appreciate that. The reason I'm doing this now 
is because I love it. <laughs> I just, I, I absolutely totally love it. And I kind of had this feeling that, hey, in 10 years or maybe one year, maybe tomorrow, who knows? Well, Instagram is gone. Maybe this thing that I did as yoga girl, I had this podcast, I had this platform. Maybe it's, it's, it's going to become the story of this thing that I did once, right? And I don't want to sit there thinking of the opportunities that I didn't take, the things that could have brought me joy, that could have been fun, that could have been great for our business, that could have been awesome, that we're putting really, really beautiful things out into the world, that I didn't do it because I was scared of the feedback I would get from people who aren't even in this field with me, right? I have shared that Brene Brown quote before, right? So people who aren't even in the arena are often very quick to give feedback and negative feedback to people who are fighting really hard. So I am over here, you know, sharing my whole heart every day, every day, every week on this podcast, every day on the Yoga Girl Daily podcast, I'm here sharing my heart, being vulnerable, sharing my journey that I've moved through when it comes to healing trauma, when it comes to healing childhood wounds, when it comes to finding the tools that have really worked for me in, in terms of finding a, a balanced life. You know, I want to feel really good. I want to be happy. I want to feel like I belong. I want community. And I have a lot of tools that help me provide that. I'm sharing that stuff every single day. I'm the same person. I'm a genuine person. I'm an authentic person. I try really hard every day. Am I perfect? No, hell no. I have all my flaws and luckily, you know, I share them with you guys too. And the decision to, to put a product out into the world, does that change or affect how, how genuine I am in my heart? Does it change the authenticity that's, that's present here in me now? No, not at all. Not at all. So for me, it's taking the same message that lies at the center of everything we do at Yoga Girl, whether it's the teacher training group that I have literally at the studio right now, <laughs> present there right now, where we are feeling our feelings every day and crying and sharing and journaling and practicing and sweating and fuck, like holding each other up every, every single day. All of this remains the same. And taking that heart and sharing it through an online platform so it's accessible to other people or sharing it through a line of jewelry that I, that I love or in something that I design and put out into the world or something commercial where I'm selling something. It's all the same heart, right? It's all different branches and different extensions of the same root, of the same core. It's like we're a big tree and we do a lot of different amazing things. And I think it's totally okay to not want to take part of everything. You know, just because you like Yoga Girl doesn't mean that you need to buy any of my shit. <laughs> but if I want to sell something, I'm going to do that if it feels really right for me in my heart and if it feels authentic. And what I've come to terms with is when I get to create it myself, when I get to lead the process, when I get to control A to Z, what we're doing, why we're doing it, how we're doing it, then yeah, it's super authentic for me. As I'm saying this, I, I have my phone in my hand because I was sharing that comment. I just see a text from, from my team saying that our Yoga Girl Foundation bracelet just sold out, which um, I made a bracelet. It's a, it's a hammered, hammered moon. It's a really beautiful moon and it has three bands that connect the bracelet together and the bands represent the three bloodlines of daughter, mother, grandmother. So I called it the generational healing bracelet and uh, the proceeds go to support women and children through Yoga Girl Foundation. And the fact that that is like the main thing that has sold proves how much heart is in this community. Like that's, that's the whole point, you know? So I feel, I don't know, I feel like I shared a lot of myself in this episode. A lot of this has been like big fears that I've had about saying out loud, hey, I want to grow my business. You know, I want abundance. I want to grow as an entrepreneur. I want to continue down this path because it's the best thing I've ever done. Like it's, it's an amazing thing. And that it's okay to step out into the world and really try. Yeah. In Sweden, we say tafoshe. It means like, I don't know, like to eat the whole cake, to like get out there and, and do the thing. Like we got to do the thing. And I feel releasing some of these fears and feeling worthy and being able to stand really tall also in commercial areas of my life. I think it's a, for me, it's a very, it's, it's becoming a spiritual journey, honestly, honestly. 
And I think if we're going to consume things, like let's do it from a company that has a lot of heart, that does a lot of good, that's of service in many ways. Like let's be conscious of that. It doesn't have to be my company, you know, but we are going to consume from places. So let's make it purposeful. And if you have that idea that you want to do, that thing you want to sell, that piece of jewelry you want to make, that book you want to write, go do it and then stand really tall holding up the thing you did saying, hey, I made this. It's beautiful. Do you want it? <laughs> if not, that's okay. If you do, awesome. Thank you for the support. And all in all, I think there is a way to do business and big business and good business with a shit ton of heart, with a lot of heart. So I love you. Thank you for listening. If you're listening now and you're like, oh, so many things that I'm, that I'm struggling with or feeling challenged by, that's okay. Hopefully this, this stirs something really good in, in you as well. Also, another creation that I have in the back of my head is a book I want to write about the art of, of doing business with a heart. It's, it's a book. It's coming maybe like 2045 or something. <laughs> not right now. For now, I'm going to sit back and celebrate the launch of this jewelry line. Thank you guys so much for your support. Go do that thing now and stand really tall. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of Yoga Girl Conversations from the Heart. You can find all of them on yogagirl.com, on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you normally get your shows. Don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. And of course, thanks to my sponsors, TransferWise, ZipRecruiter, Ritual, and FabFitFun. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.